What's up, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. High quality rip by your your boy Matt O'Dell and your Uncle Marty. If I do say so myself. A bit biased, obviously. I think it was a good one. You're going to like it. It was brought to you by your good friends at the motherfucking cash app. Motherfucking cash app. Help me stack sets, send sets, receive sets, sell sets, if you so please, for saying sets, 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 sets. Memorial Day weekend's coming up. All, all the Jersey bros going down the Jersey Shore, they're not going to be like fist pumping like to songs. They're just going to be fist pumping sats, sats, cheap sats, cheap sats, cheap sats. Because they can do it on Cash App. Cash App. Anecdotally speaking, from what I saw on Twitter, it seems like one of the few exchanges that survived the volatility. And when I say survived, I mean the exchanges are still around. But Cash App was one of the ones that actually allowed you to buy uh, and sell if you're doing that uh, Bitcoin. Well, there was a dip yesterday. My wife bought the dip on Cash App and, and smeared it in my face. Like, ha ha, I caught a lower dip than you on the Cash App. And I did it without telling. Like, my, my, my wife's stacking more sats on the Cash App than I am these days. She's just doing it behind. I'm like, honey, keep stacking. I'm proud. Cash App's also offering uh, a debit card. It's accepted anywhere. Visa's expected that, accepted their cash card. I use it all the time. I've got a very specialized too. I got a Bitcoin sign on it. Actually, uh, incited a conversation with a waiter at a restaurant last weekend. I took my wife to a beautiful dinner at Cape May. Paid with my cash card. Uh, saw the Bitcoin Lightning sign. The guy asked me what I thought about Cardano, and I had to tell him, "Dump it, dump it. Get Cash App, stack Sats, Bitcoin only. Get on it." If you guys haven't downloaded the Cash App yet. Make sure you do so. Use the code stacking stats. That's S T A C K I N G S A T S. You're going to get $10 and $10 going to do going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Woo! Owls Lacrosse. This rep is also brought to you by our very, very, very good friends at Unchained Capital. Shout out to Cam Strom. Get a shout out in this episode. Double shout out, compounding shout outs. He's moving down to Austin to work with Unchained. And Unchained's building incredible products for bitcoiners what we're trying to talk about today is their white glove concierge service is going to take you from zero to having a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in a multi-sig vault an unchained multi-sig collaborative custody vault in no time tell them tftc sent you. you're going to get 50 dollars off and here's what happens you, you know you have a lot of stress about oh how am i going to protect my bitcoin am i going to store my bitcoin i, I, I like a little nervous to do it all by myself well if you want an option where you can have collaborative custody you can have someone there to help you and to give you some peace of mind unchained is there to do that and the way they do that is their multi-sig vault product and the concierge service is going to get you comfortable with multi-sig it's going to get you comfortable with their con or excuse me their their multi-sig vault particularly it's going to get you uh hardware wallets a couple of hardware wallets to spin up they're going to get you comfortable with protecting the seed phrase and taking care of the derivation path make sure you save that uh, for recovery purposes they're going to do this you're going to have multiple video conference calls with them they're going to get you com comfortable with everything securing your Bitcoin to understanding what multi-sig is, to understanding how to interact with your hardware wallet. And that then at the end of the day, when you have your hardware wallets, you have your private public key pairs set up, your seed phrase protected, your multi-sig vault set up, they're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of Satoshis into that vault. And the way it works is you hold two keys, Unchained holds one. You can always move your sats out of that multi-sig vault whenever you want but if you're ever in a pinch you only have one key unchained is there with the second and the two or three signature to to get you out of that pinch so go check this out at www.unchained-capital.com we're actually going to have 
a specific link to the concierge service in the show notes. So go check that out if you're interested in the concierge service. And then go check out their blog, all the content, all the incredible things that the Unchained team is doing. Very proud to have them on as a sponsor. This rip is also brought to you by our good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle. They're also doing great things, leveraging Bitcoins and native multi-sig properties, uh, particularly their Lend uh, platform. So lend.hodlhodl.com is a new uh, lending platform that allows you to do it anonymously uh, on your own terms globally. You get no KYC, no AML. Um, It's pretty incredible. So in short, if you're short of funds, you don't need to sell your Bitcoins. Get some liquidity by borrowing using your Bitcoin as collateral in this multi-sig escrow. Uh, You don't have to interest anybody. You hold one key, your counterparty holds one key, and then HODL HODL holds a third key. So since you have that one key, you can always monitor the sats in your multi-sig escrow to make sure they're not being rehypothecated. You know they're going to be there when you pay your loan. You're going to get your sats back. Uh, if you have some stable coins laying around, you are looking to earn great returns. Uh, Lend a HODL HODL offers uh, the ability to put those up to be lent out to Bitcoiners looking to use their Bitcoin as collateral for liquidity. You can provide liquidity and get paid a yield in return. So create your own offers and set your own terms at lend.hodlhodl.com. That's lend, L-E-N-D dot H-O-D-L, H-O-D-L dot com. This is available to U.S. citizens, again, because it's non-custodial. No KYC, no AML. Hodl Hodl team is dope. Go check it out, lend.hodlhodl.com. Last but not least, this rip is brought to you by our good friends at Brains. 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 Brains is a team behind Slushpool, and we're here to talk about... uh, some recent launches they had, particularly their Brains OS Plus Manager, an online platform that enables miners to remotely monitor and manage all their ASICs running Brains OS Plus. This can help miners improve uptime and keep their farms running optimally without the hassle of needing to be on site 24-7. That's actually pretty big. For a sizable mining farm, being on site 24-7 is a little stressful and annoying. So the manager is and will always remain free for Brains OS Plus miners. Uh, and they can connect to an unlimited number of devices. So you can check on your phone, your laptop, tablet, whatever, whatever tickles your fancy there. Brains OS Plus firmware runner. What does Brains OS Plus firmware do? It helps you stack more stats with your miner. It's beautiful. Security and efficiency were top priorities with the OS Plus manager. Uh, it uses Stratum V2 for smaller and less frequent data transfers with all ASIC configuration and telemetry data being sent via encrypted connections, which protect against eavesdropping and man-in-the-middle attacks, which is very important. That encrypted data transfer ensures that your hash rate is not going to be jacked, hijacked by a man-in-the-middle attack or an eavesdropper and used to stack sats on behalf of someone else. Protect your sats and your hash using Stratum V2 and Brains OS Plus Manager. For details on the manager and how to set it up with your mining operation, go to brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com slash blog and check out the Brains OS Plus Manager Launch article. Again, that's Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com, double I. Don't forget it. Slushpool is also going to get its first major update in the past couple of years soon. Uh, features include uh, the ultra-flexible payout system, customizable mining reward splitting, and best of all, dark theme. <laughs> 24-hour hash rate monitoring. That's easy on the eyes. Follow slush underscore pool on Twitter to see the announcement when the pool update goes live and just annoy the hell out of Edward Evenson on on Twitter. He's will hash the number four coins. Will hash four coins. I need you guys to all send him a whoosh, whoosh on behalf of Uncle Marty. Whip him to get that What's Minor firmware out there and enjoy 
this rip of RHR. Love all y'all. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Everything goes a long way. We're not stopping, baby. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Boom, we're recording. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to RHR. Big week, Matt. Big week. 200K by a uh, conference day. Are we going to make it? Well, I don't know about that anymore, huh? <laughs> hey, I, uh, happen. Yeah, you know, it, it, it would be a really fun two weeks if that fucking happens, right? That would be. Is, uh, is Bitcoin 2021 pivoting to a, just a huge struggle session? All right. I know you're behind the scenes. Are they going to have like huge circular chairs where everybody can sit down and talk to each other? I hey. saw your tweet. Oh, well, you and Crypto Graffiti going back and forth on that. Yeah. And by the way, freaks, I may uh may sneak into this wave every once in a while. I made the mistake of wearing a green shirt with the green screen. So, um, I mean, I don't think you know. I, Bitcoin Twitter is you know a a global support group. It is a good way of putting it in general, but. Uh, I mean, look at look at what happened. I mean, Bitcoin went down like 10K in like a matter of hours and then went back up 10K. And it felt like we went from panic to FOMO, like within four hours or five hours. Like people have FOMO right now. I mean, I've had FOMO, I have FOMO the whole fucking time, but people have had FOMO right now, like pretty hard, it seems. Um, so, I mean, even if we're at like a humble, you know, 80K, or like 90k by conference day, I think like vibes will be high. Yeah, I agree. Especially I mean, if we win the Indy 500. If we win the Indy 500 card number 21, like sky's the limit. Sunday Memorial Day. Put on the Indy 500 and the lacrosse. Uh, actually, the Final Four will be over on Saturday. So there'll be a lacrosse off day on Sunday. Good day to watch the Indy 500. I will happily admit that I was wrong about 200k by conference day when conference day happens. But I want the record to show that Tina was being too bearish. I, I, I will not, I will not uh, apologize for that. Uh, are we going to force everybody to, to spot buy Bitcoin on stage this year? I mean, we won't force everyone, but we'll peer pressure and encourage them to do it, of course. Okay. Uh, freaks, we will be, I don't think we've announced it, but uh, we're going to be doing live RHR at the conference. On the second day, that's Saturday at noon during lunchtime, we have a 90-minute slot, um, and we got like a great fucking setup. So it's going to be really fucking fun, and we hope to see as many of you there as possible. I mean, I think it's going to be like 11,000 people there. So, you know, I, I imagine we're going to have thousands of freaks in attendance, and I'm pretty <laughs> excited for it. Damn. Pressure's on, Matt. Uh, we had a, are we going to have guests on stage? We're going to go. I think I like I like that we always do that for the conferences that we do. I do too. Uh, like we'll have we'll have two or three guests on. I think two is the sweet spot. We'll probably do two guests. Um, I guess Bitblock Boom. Yeah, we had we had two up there. Nah, I think we went up to three. We had we had Justin and Pierre we had Vanju came up right. Yeah, uh, Pierre and Michael weren't there this year. 
That's right. right. We had Justin and Vanju, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those two. Yeah, I like I like two as a as a target. Yeah, I love the live shows. They're always fun. So freaks, if you show up, you might be one of the two. You never know. You never know. Uh, before we jump into the list today, and before we jump into the dashboard, uh, interviewed Bethany Hamilton, who's riding the wave behind me. Uh, you may see her on my shirt uh, at some points of this episode. Did that yesterday, uh, and she her and her husband Adam really flipped the tables on me where it was more of them interviewing me about Bitcoin 101 stuff. And that's what I wanted to start this RHR with is, is advice out there for any of the freaks of Bitcoin 101. Because even myself, uh, I struggle uh, when I'm trying to break it down. I, I, my, my brain gets running. I run all over the place. Uh, my wife hates my Bitcoin 101 uh, spiels whenever I give them in front of her. It makes her cringe. So I think really start like a little conversation here. What's your Bitcoin 101 pitch when it comes to like the network, the asset, and what it means for, for the world? How do you distill it? That's like my wife's always yelling at me like, you're, you're, you're getting too far into the weeds. You need to simplify it. Simplify it. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get too far into the weeds, Marty. It's hard not to, man. But the <laughs> thing is like, do you need to get into the weeds to actually accurately explain Bitcoin? That's where I feel like why I get into the weeds. I think it depends. It depends, you know, who your target is, right? Like, uh, you should know, you should know who your demo is, who you're talking to. Um, And I think for like a complete fresh coiner, someone that's, you know, not aware of Bitcoin at all, you give them the high level pitch, you know, it's freedom money that should increase in value over time. Um, Our money is broken. And uh, you should look into why our money is broken and consider this alternative. And then if they actually see this need and they see the desire, I think like the first question, the first thing people need is they need to actually be looking for an alternative, right? And once they see that desire, they know where the Bitcoin guys, they know the freaks are the Bitcoin guys, the Uncle Jims or whatever, and they'll find you. I mean, most of us won't shut up about it. So like they know where to find you when they finally decide they want it. No, I agree. I agree. That was like one of the illuminating, illuminating things of the discussion with Bethany and Adam yesterday. Is like again, they're big members of the the surfing community, but uh, Bethany particularly, really diving in, and it was just fascinating to see her as an individual uh, questioning money in our monetary system for the first time over the last year, and just having all these questions. Like it, it seems, it's one data point out of potential billions, but it's like one individual questioning what's going on with the money. I just thought that was very fascinating and, and to see it from her perspective. I think people are starting to wake up. I mean, again, maybe it's just uh, it's just an anecdotal data point, but I think- I mean, she had that, she had that blog post, A Silver Lining, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, it was really cool because, you know, she starts with number go up, you know, she starts with like the debasement of currency and needing a, you know, a store of value somewhere where you can store your family's wealth so you can pass it down to the next generation without, you know, dealing with all this financial chaos stuff. And then, so you think it's going to end there. And then she hits you with the freedom money next, right? With the whole Bitcoin beach aspect. Um, and so it was really cool seeing like a new coiner hit, uh, hit both the things that I find super, you know, like the cool part of Bitcoin to me. Like, I think a lot of people miss one side or the other and she came in on both. Um, And then also, I mean, just on top of that, it must be weird 
being a new coiner that already has uh, like a massive platform, right? You know, she has over a million followers. She has this huge audience. Um, and you could tell like in the post, she's like going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and she hit a point where she's like, you know, fuck, I got to tell them about it, you know, but she doesn't really know that much about it yet. Like for all of us on Bitcoin Twitter, you know, we've been shit posting for years, refining everything and, and learning more about Bitcoin before we any, ever got any kind of real audience. You know, we're just shit posting out to the, you know, to nobody, just like yeah. screaming out, screaming out into the void. And then she just comes out. Right. And they just have this huge platform. So she needs to she she has a whole different perspective. Yeah, that's great. More and more people are coming. It's it's fascinating to see. It's crazy. It's actually it's happening. Um People are are starting to question. Uh, and it was like funny what the uh, the Bitcoin 101 questions were. How does the how does it actually work? The peer to peer network. Uh, why does it have value? It's not physical. Um, the energy uh, consumption. I'm trying to think about it. And just like explaining inflation. How do you how do you succinctly explain inflation? We take it for granted, especially if somebody studied economics, been in finance, just been covering. Uh, global macro and currency markets for for over a decade, and, and these terms like inflation, um, and and the, just the concept of, of monetary policy and, and the monetary base, and being able to expand and contract that is is foreign to most people. Um, so having to distill that was it was a nice uh, it was a nice on the spot test to, to practice that. And my wife is still not happy with my Bitcoin one hundred one spiel. She she yelled at me. We had a we had a walk by the beach this morning and. Um, we, we were re-listening to the podcast um game taping and she was like you're, you're still you still suck at this so i'm trying honey i'm trying yeah keep it simple marty yeah yeah keep it simple stupid so, and like also just come on freaks you don't have to you know time is short like you don't have to convince people that don't uh you don't have to convince someone for the need for Bitcoin. They'll just come to that conclusion themselves. The money is fucking broken. You know, time is on our side. People will start to realize, you know, about government overreach and, you know, this 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 inability to save money over time in an easy way. Um, and when they do, they'll, you know, we have to be ready for them. We have to have the tools and the resources and the education material and the friends and family who are ready and prepared to help them at, through that process. But uh, the whole idea of trying to, and, and you see this a lot because the shit corners are really good at it. And the reason the shit corners are really good at it is because they just don't disclose any trade-offs, right? They just say, You'll, you're gonna make a ton of money uh, and it's gonna be super easy and there's just no trade-offs and no risks whatsoever. And this is like the best thing ever. And there's like a tendency with Bitcoiners especially after last cycle and then starting with this cycle again and seeing that shitcoiner mantra and how effective it is, especially with engagement wise, is to almost emulate the shitcoiners. Um, and I just, I think it's important uh, considering we have such a big platform in this industry to push back on that idea. Like, I think it's very important that we disclose trade-offs. We keep everything as reasonable as possible. Um, you know, Bitcoin is bullish as fuck without lying to people. Uh, we can, you know, we can, there's an ethical way you can do it. Agreed. Agreed. Is this shirt distracting you? No, I kind of love that you just keep disappearing into the water. <laughs> I was going to say, should I go fold the rose and just take I mean, one? in hindsight, Marty, like you shouldn't wear a green shirt with the green screen behind it. I'm, I'm learning that. I'm learning that. 
uh, on the go here. Uh, well, Bitcoin 101, think about it. Simplify it. It's not always easy. Think about your audience and the assumptions they're coming to the table with and, and think about your assumptions that you're making based on your previous knowledge. Let's get the Clark's dashboard. Big week, <laughs> under 40000 currently sitting at $39,365 according to Clark's dashboard. Cuckbuck, it's going longer than it did last week. You're going to get 2,540 sats for one cuck buck right now. Market cap is well below a trillion at $736.7 billion. Currently at block height, 684,333. Uh, that is 89.12% of all Bitcoin that will ever be mined. Looking for taproot activation. It has started epoch block signal. We're 655 blocks into uh, this epoch. Uh, the trailing block signal of 1,000. 167 blocks we're currently tr uh, tracking at 57.9 percent signaling for taproot i don't know if we have that on the list do we have that on the list the uh the pools that started signaling over the weekend we'll, we'll i get mean it. i didn't put it on the list because i figured we would talk about it regardless yeah we'll get to it um it's just been like a reoccurring topic yeah the blocks are coming in pretty slow right now 11 minutes 39 seconds on average we are 1,107 blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment, which is estimated currently to be May 28th, 2021, which is eight days from now, so next Friday. Uh, and that would be a downward difficulty adjustment of 14.1%. Unspent whirlpool capacity has gone up, 2,405.61 Bitcoin. Uh, it's gone up in sats, down in U.S. dollar terms, currently sitting at 947 million dollars anything else standing out to you should we start with taproot was that whirlpool uh liquidity pool yeah well how much did you say it was in bitcoin 2400 very nice 2405. quietly just going up yeah it's like a hundred hundred uh bitcoin bump over the week that 100k sat pool has just been fucking ripping is this uh it's not dark side because dark side we're going to talk about that no that's we would know if they go i mean they're they're being tracked we would know if they go in uh and also you'd see a massive liquidity bump but uh i just want to say like if 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 the freaks used the samurai stack like six months ago and haven't used it since it's gotten ex way more stable it's just it's a way better experience so impressed by that yes i'm actually setting up a new Ronin Dojo node right now. I actually got the uh, the whole box. It's all yeah. And like Woe sent me. I got up. I got I, I plugged it in like Woe, I'm sorry. I plugged it in. It's IBDing. I, I <laughs> literally had no time to say just communicating to him through the podcast. Yeah. Um I'm sorry. So the Ronin Dojo guys will be presenting in the open source stone um Us. alongside a bunch of the other open source teams. A uh, bunch of the other node teams. Uh, so that should be fun. The open source dome is like a conference within a conference. We have like 150 person capacity in this dome. And the lineup is fucking stacked. It's like absolutely crazy. And um, you, you tease it in the Citadel Dispatch Sphinx earlier this week, right? I'm super excited. Yeah, I, I wasn't... You know, I, I I was like, don't share this. And I put it in the thing. and But then I was talking to the, <laughs> the BTC pay guys. Um in their on on their i think it's a mattermost uh chat server um and i dropped it in there i was like don't share it and pavel uh reached out he's like matt this is a public channel 
but but yeah, it's 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 out there. Oh no, my internet. I think yeah. they, they released a full agenda for the main stage uh yesterday or two days ago. Pretty stacked yeah. agenda. Yeah, that's what we have our RHR at one o'clock on Saturday. No, noon. Noon, noon on Saturday. Good. It can't be noon because actually, and I'll be on the last panel of the conference with Steve Barber and Chase Lockmiller from. At what uh, time is that? I think it's at like two thirty, three. On Saturday. Yeah. So okay, not, so we'll do RHR and then you'll do that. Yeah, I'm not going to be getting too drunk on our. So we're good. Yeah, to- it's a it's an earlier day one, so we we'll do my my trick, which is we'll drink beer. Okay. That's uh. That's the responsible. It's the response. No one got drunk off a six pack. It's like it's basically impossible. So, <laughs> um, the yeah, I'm really excited for that, Marty. We have some person uh, freak in the chat that says uh, your your shirt is horrible. So he just wants you to know that he doesn't like your shirt. If you want, I can just keep talking to the freaks. If you want to run and change your shirt real quick, do you want me to just take it off? Free. I mean, if you, it's up to you. It's, nah, I'm not going to go full Derez. I'm going to go get a new shirt. But I think uh, while we're at that, there's a freak in the comments who has a good um, good public service announcement for the Bitcoin 2021 around Wi-Fi. Maybe talk about best OPSEC practices with your technology. Oh, good idea. Yeah. So we have Sam Bradbury in the comments that wants us to remind plebs to be wary of the Wi-Fi at the conference. Um the Bitcoin conference will be a hotspot for scammers trying to skim your data, logins, etc. Put your phone in a Faraday cage. Now, uh, you know, not bringing a phone is obviously the most secure situation there. Um, there's a lot of thought being put into the Wi-Fi uh, and there will be extensive Wi-Fi throughout the premise for free provided to all users. Uh you know, you're better off using cell data if you're going to use anything. But regardless, either way, you should be running a VPN on your phone. Consider Molvad.net. I do like it the best. Um, consider Calyx OS for your phone, uh, just in general, completely unrelated to the conference. But I think, you know, conference things, it's, it's, it's a sensitive topic, right? You're going to have 12,000 people there. It's going to be a Bitcoin event. Um, you know, don't put yourself in vulnerable situations. Don't travel with Bitcoin, you know, by all means, bring some, you know, spending cash on a mobile phone, you know, on Moon Wallet or something so that so that you can pay people in Bitcoin for different things around the event. But you shouldn't be traveling with your cold storage or any kind of significant amounts. Um, Just in general, you just shouldn't be traveling with sensitive information when you go through TSA or border, um, especially for the international freaks that'll be coming. You basically have no rights at that point. And they can just take anything you have on you and just try and get into it. So think about with your computer, think about your phones. Um, yeah. And just in general, you, you know, you, you definitely don't want to use an open Wi-Fi hotspot without a VPN. This is bad practice. Yeah. Um, don't have your mobile wallets loaded when you're coming. Just assume like you're going to get hacked. Go to the conference assuming that you're going to be hacked. That's I think that's the best way to put it. But that's what I'm saying. Like if you have if you have a million sats, if you have a million sats on a mobile wallet, so you can buy like swag and shit. Uh you know, maybe like buy a beer for someone with lightning. 
what's the worst that could happen? You, you lose the $400. And at this rate, you know, it'll only be worth $200 by the conference day. So, uh, <laughs> 20K by conference. That was one good take I liked. Uh, muggers, muggers throughout Miami disappointed by recent Bitcoin crash. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is good. Maybe it is good. Price could dump even further. People won't want to mess with us because we're too poor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Beware, freaks. Beware. I'm excited for it. Another question in the comments. Is this going to be live streamed? I don't believe so. Is it? Uh, so the main stage will be live streamed. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure RHR will be filmed and posted to the Bitcoin uh, to Bitcoin Magazine's YouTube afterwards. All the other stage content will be filmed and posted to Bitcoin Magazine's YouTube afterwards, but only the main stage will be live streamed. So pretty much every talk that happens, except for the open source dome, will be available after the fact uh, on, on Bitcoin Magazine's YouTube for free, which is dope. And, and to be quite honest, like when I go to these things, I almost always I miss the majority of the talks because I'm just, you know, chilling with Bitcoiners outside drinking beers. And this year it's going to be even worse because I seen the full lineup. There's three stages plus the open source dome. Like there's going to be so much shit going on. Like it's almost impossible for you to, it is, it is impossible for you to get everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll all be there after the fact. Just make sure you make it to RHR. And if you want to come see the panel conference on energy that I'm going to be on, that would be dope too. Are you speaking yeah. on anything else outside of RHR? And, 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 and just to be clear, we're recording RHR. So it will go on our platforms. It'll go on our podcast feed, YouTube, whatnot as well. Yes. Um, Don't fret. Two weeks from now, there will be no Thursday RHR. It's going to be Saturday. Right. As we do with every live thing. Um, I am participating, besides the open source dome, I'm participating in two panels. One I'm moderating, which is on giving back to Bitcoin, open source uh, contributors and, and development funding, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then the other one, I'm a panelist and that's on privacy, Bitcoin privacy. Hell yeah. So that's uh, our schedule at Bitcoin 2021. Very excited to get down there. I think the vibes are going to be high. There's so many satellite events too going on uh should be pretty dope should be pretty dope um dude first topic on the list finally getting to the list two 10k candles in one day what's going on this week cheers freaks is it Bitcoin's elon? growing up is it elon is it the 4chan theory that the ccp the crp chinese uh or vr people's republic of china prc uh is trying to take down justin sun what, what are we? What no are, way. Yeah, people posting 4chan like it's fucking source. <laughs> people do this every bull run. You know, you don't have to, we don't have to explain every, every dump. Dumps happen. People go over leveraged. Um, you know, we don't say stay humble for no reason. It's because very few stay humble. And we have these massive corrections um, that wipe people out and, you know, reinforce the stacker base. And set us up for the next leg up, right? And you need it. It's like a way of cleaning house in, in like a in a free market where you don't have circuit breakers, you don't have regulations limiting who can go 100x leverage. Um, this is what happens, you know, with a scarce asset going through an adoption phase. Like you're gonna have, you know, short-term large pumps, and you're gonna have short-term large dumps, and it should net out up over time. And and if anyone who's trying to explain what these different catalysts are for any specific dump or pump, uh, you're really just wasting time when you should just be focusing on improving your Bitcoin knowledge and accumulating as much stats as possible. Agreed. 
it's too monotonous to to try to have a cause for every for every price but right. like everybody's like elon and that 4chan came, thing came out people are like oh people's republic of china is trying to <laughs> trying to margin call justin sun because they hate him i think that's an hilarious theory i would and love that, it to be true yeah i mean that's why i think people like it right because it's just be fucking hilarious but uh the yeah, I, I just I one one two positive things since last cycle is I feel like new corners are coming in with such a better you know foundation. Like we have so many new corners in the class of 2018, late 2017, 2019, 2020 that are just pure stackers. They're literally just out there stacking, stacking, stacking. They didn't even consider selling. They might have been scared, but they didn't even. They're just like I'm going down with the ship, and I think that's like a that's a new thing. That we didn't have last cycle really. Um, so it's nice. The stackers set the floor. Everything else is noise, but the stackers are just constantly on the floor and corner. And then the second thing that's funny um, is that I had three friends realize that Swan doesn't offer sells while while the dump was happening. Um, <laughs> Wait, I can't get rid of that. <laughs> Let's. Uh... I wonder how many people that happened to. <laughs> Well, that's another thing to bring up. Like, God, anytime there's price volatility, a lot of the exchanges in this space just shit the bed. So Coinbase, of course, did it again. Gemini, I heard. Um, I heard Swan had some problems as well. I, the, the two that seemed to be dependable for people, Disclaimer Sponsor, Cash App, was pretty dependable from what I could tell from um, Twitter. And River was the other one that was uh, dependable as well. Yeah, I tagged on Cash App. I tagged a uh, a low thirty two thousand hit. I did low with some th- with some couch spare change <laughs> that, I, that I was able to drag up. My wife again. She's been out stacking me during these dips. She caught a thirty two two guy. Uh, lowest I got. I was too busy. It was like thirty six. Um, that was on Cash App. And doesn't matter. Yeah. I think River held up the best is what yeah. I heard. Yeah, that's what I said, River. River yeah. did, did and well. then Bisque, there was no dump on Bisque. <laughs> no. The dump never happened. If you're just watching Bisque, it just never happened. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, another interesting uh, tidbit from River, Alex. Uishman likes to share the um, the percentage of buys every given day. And uh, during that dump, it was 69.69%. So uh, that's a numerology sign from the gods that uh, we're going to be okay. Uh, Too many bears over at River. <laughs> yeah. Close to 31%, 30, 30.31% bears on, the, on that exchange. You got you to gotta market to your client base, Alex. I'm, I'm being told in the comments that I'm short Bitcoin for having a couch. You are correct. Uh, a couch? Well... A couch is just consolidated a bunch of chairs. What would you rather have, like three chairs or a couch? If you had to, what's what's more? True. I get it's. I mean, a couch would have a lower future fee burden because of the transactions. <laughs> such a stupid joke. Um, I uh, I have chairs and couches. I have a lot of things that aren't Bitcoin, uh, and I, I'll own that. Um, I have a green screen. I could be longer. I could be longer Bitcoin. I could be as well. I have this wedding ring. It is gold. I can't believe you sell the short Bitcoin. There you go. Yeah, I'm short Bitcoin. Ah, sorry, freaks. Sorry. Um, what was I going to say? I don't have it on the list, but this is the this is actually the the most fun story of of the week. 
And I can't believe I don't have it in the list. BlockFi just randomly, oh, accidentally I, sending people 700 Bitcoin. I can't believe you don't have it. You, I'm, I'm a little astonished right now. You didn't put that on the list. Thank God. You yeah, I forgot. I forgot to put it on the list. Someone in the somebody comments got, mentioned it. Somebody got fired. God bless that person. That's a how do you thing. trust a company? And I know I'm biased because I've just been shitting on them for a while. But how do you trust a company that lets that happen? Like they do shotgun KYC on people. They require all this extra KYC. They say you can't use CoinJoin. You can't do all this stuff. They say it's all for your own safety. How does a check, how, how does an automated withdrawal process ever allow, you know, more than a Bitcoin to go out or five Bitcoin to go out? Like five Bitcoins, a quarter of a million dollars. If they let 100, 200, 300, 400 Bitcoin go out in a withdrawal, 700, as some people are saying, I'm not sure if 700 was credited to the account, but it wasn't actually withdrawn. But still, 100 Bitcoin, 200 Bitcoin, where are the access controls? How the fuck are they doing that? I don't know. I don't have uh, internal knowledge, knowledge of their internal uh, operations. That is a big mistake. So any of you freaks are like, what the hell are you two talking about? Apparently, um, BlockFi was attempting to pay out, uh, I believe, interest rewards that are supposed to be paid out. In this. They were, it was like a promo. It was like a ref promo. Ref promo. Okay. So it was like ref promo payouts that they're supposed to do in a stable coin. Uh, and they accidentally sent, uh, instead of saying $700 worth of a stable coin, they sent out 700 Bitcoin to multiple, not How do you do that? between multiple customers. And going off twitter and like, that's people, 35 million dollars yeah people apparently like pulled some of the bitcoin off the exchange once they noticed like they had been sent a considerable amount of bitcoin and then BlockFi had to email them and threaten them with with lawsuits if they didn't send it back so they accidentally sent 35 million dollars to some customers instead of 700 dollars yeah that's uh and there's no as far as i'm concerned there's there's been no company announcement it's just like tw tweets yeah yeah it's bad luck but uh, it's really bad there may be a freak listening who was part of that that fuck up and him that's a bad one you know you, you just you wipe the dust off you, so you, you walk Marty, into your next job seven, and you and you don't talk about that 700 bitcoin hit your blockfi wallet i'm not going to ask you why you have blockfi but they hit your blockfi wallet you click the withdrawal button because that's what if any good bitcoiner the second they see it they hit the withdrawal <laughs> yeah, button it hit it hits your cold card what do you do next? Do you stay in the country or are you just I'm in the gone? Caymans. I'm in the Caymans. No I'm, more tales I'm, from the crypt? It's just I'll over. I'll do it. I'll do my stuff from down there. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, maybe I'll get a seat in the, the Seychelles. Is that, yeah, they got Arthur. Where, I, where would I have to go? Singapore? Back to <laughs> Singapore? There, we have Jay Lee in the comments who's like, all you have to do is coin join the Bitcoin and then they can't take it back. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hack. That's a, that's a workaround there. Uh, uh yeah. so I was I was incorrect for the record. Uh we have uh a SIA ESI attorney on Twitter, big freak, dedicated freak, uh posted that BlockFi did make 19 hours ago from their official Twitter account, they made a statement about it. So that is good at least. I do I I love the live corrections. Thank you. Thank you for the live corrections. Um yeah, I love the interactive nature of the show freaks. Uh Hash rate, speaking of drops, yeah, I mean, before we move on, like to the individual, if you're listening to this, who, who made that mistake within BlockFi, I'm sure you had a rough week. I'm sure you got yelled at, potentially fired. Keep your head up, you know, learn from the mistake, move on. Go join Coinbase. Do it again. <laughs>
Uh, price is falling this week. Hash rate is as well. Um, we had, I, I believe, like the second or third largest upward difficulty adjustment last week um, before we recorded. Uh, and since then, uh, coalition, coalition, coalition of events have happened, particularly over in China. It seems that estimate people are estimating that 20% of hash rate has fallen off the network as the uh, miners in China make their, their great migration to the Sichuan province to take advantage of the cheap hydroelectric energy that is provided by the rainy season there. Um, so you have that miners unplugging and physically moving their equipment across the country to, to play the electricity price arbitrage game. Uh, and then on top of that, when they're getting there, it seems the block reported this morning that, uh, that when they're getting there, uh, the, the county, one of the counties with uh, hydroelectric energy is actually capping the amount that each miner can consume due to a surcharge of demand, a surge of demand, excuse me, on, on that particular grid. And according to the block, it's not Bitcoin miner specific, even though I guess a lot of the users there are Bitcoin miners, but it's just a general cap on electricity usage. Yeah, of any consumer, but it's affecting Bitcoin but, miners, obviously, is there some of those consumers. And I and, mean, it's also the price drop, right? Yeah, I would imagine. That that was actually another interesting thing that I found. This shocked me. I missed this when Coinmetrics, I guess Coinmetrics did one of their state of the uh, the network uh, analysis on April 28th. On April 28th, uh, dissecting by di- by dissecting nonce data, uh, which which helps you sort of guess at what model miner is producing particular blocks. They estimated that 27.4 percent of the network hash rate again around April 28th was was being provided by S9s, which is pretty crazy. Um, and they've been they've been around since like 2015. The earliest batch of S9s. Um, were produced throughout 2016, I believe, before newer models came out. Um, so that's five, six years of A6 hashing on the network and still making up more than a quarter of of the total hash rate, at least uh, a little less than a month ago. Um, I mean, the S9s was the best trade, right? Because at the halving, after like dirty March, like we had March 12th, 2020, price crashed. Everyone was like, you know, the whole world is going to shit. We're all fucked. Bitcoin's not a safe haven. I mean, we weren't saying that, but a lot of people were saying that. And the having happened at the same time. You could get the S9s. People were like paying you to take the S9s off of their hands. And then with the price increase and the, the chip shortage, they came back into profitability heavy. It was like, that was probably one of the single best trades you could have made in Bitcoin land. Oh, yeah. I mean, Yeah. It's it's pretty lucrative to be able to sell some S9s right now or even more lucrative a couple weeks ago. You remember how cheap they were in like April of last year? It was crazy. It was like $20. Yeah, you would like you get like a pickup truck full of them for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, and you can now you can sell them for, some of them on secondary markets are going for like nine fifty to over a thousand dollars. Insane. Um but now with the price drop in recent weeks, depending on the electricity costs that some of those operators uh running s9s have wouldn't surprise me if if some of them have had to turn off their machines so yeah we've had weekends shame or people trying to run businesses (laughs) taking taking cash flow and and expenses into consideration you know uh 
so yeah, there's been an estimated latest I saw is 20% drop in hash rate. Combination of factors. Uh, great migration in China. They're migrating, getting to places where they're capping the amount of electricity they can use. And then obviously with the price falling, some, some miners uh, with relatively elevated electricity prices probably have to turn off. Two things I would add. The first is, um, and we're about to get into this, you know, taproot activation is per difficulty adjustment period. So if we were going to see shenanigans with it, lowering the difficulty adjustment right before, right, lowering the difficulty right before the adjustment of that period, there could be something there. Freaks should always be skeptical of the, no, freaks should be, if we have, if we have large difficulty I adjustments. Mechanics, though. I don't understand the mechanics of that. They're trying to get miners that wouldn't that would signal off the network. Uh, they would. I mean, that typically adjustment period will presumably go by quicker. I don't know if. But my point is, my point is, is that we should never just take things at face value when we get double digit difficulty adjustments. Like I, I just, I, I feel like it's being normalized. This idea that we're just gonna, you know see a block article and it's like, oh, the Chinese did this thing. And, you know, it's like 20% hash has been removed from the network. And I feel like a lot of people are getting really cocky about taproot activation and the, it's happening at the same time for me. And so I, 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 want, I want people to be skeptical. I don't want people to freak out if games are played. That's all. And then the second thing I just wanted to say um, was to all everyone grandstanding on Twitter and my DMs, <laughs> and through my my signal messages, my key base message, everything, the mempool never cleared. Still has not cleared this year. Just whoa, keep whoa, that whoa, in mind. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hasn't cleared. I vividly remember one set per byte transaction. But not all the one set per bytes cleared. <laughs> was it cleared or what? No, what? it never cleared. It never Katan, fully cleared. I thought it was it, I thought it was Katan getting his one sat per byte transactions or Allegedly. He not. said he did, but he would have been better off sending a one point one sat per byte. Then it definitely would have cleared. Some one sat per bytes did not clear. So just get your facts straight on that one. Right. These are up now. Get your facts straight, freaks. Matt O'Dell's gonna come after you. He's gonna give you <laughs> Uh, speaking of Tavern, should we just talk about uh, Anthony Towns' blog post while we're on the subject? Sure. Yeah, so Anthony Towns, Bitcoin Core contributor, uh, he has a blog. What's called Amarada, I believe, is his blog. Uh, Erisian? That's the, that's the uh, Erisian is the website, Erisian.com, E-R-I-S-I-A-N. Uh, but the blog's name is In Amarada, I-N-A-M-E-R-R-A-T-A. Uh, and he basically lays out the uh the, the trail the the lead up to the decision to run with speedy trial from his perspective and his thoughts on the uh user activated software client that has been released by luke dasher shinobi and a bunch of other people um and he articulated his thoughts about why he thinks it may um it may be unnecessary and driven by uh a want for drama. Um, he came out swinging, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can see where he's coming from. Like I, again, maybe, maybe I'm not being adversarial enough, but I, I don't think. I really uh, enjoyed that this was drama that I wasn't part of. <laughs> right. What are, your thoughts? what are your thoughts? Any, any uh, more context to put on this? No, I mean, uh, everyone seems very Marty. Do you think that Tapper's going to be activated or locked in? It won't be. It it doesn't get activated, but it'll be locked in next difficulty adjustment period. 
no, not next one. Because the engagement accounts on Twitter would have you believe. Maybe one after. That 96% of all miners are signaling and the threshold's 90%. So why won't it why won't it lock in, Marty? Are they toggling? Well, that's so uh, that's another interesting thing. Now, so maybe that's something part of his blog that we can talk about. Um, is we're we're actually learning um, some interesting edge cases from this go around with speedy trial, um, particularly around BIP eight and the version bit signaling. Apparently, some firmwares for particular ASICs uh, don't have the ability to to accurately or properly signal, and they've had to go in and mess with some firmware pull in. Um, I think most publicly had that huh. problem. That's why they were shifting back. Allegedly, <laughs> I mean, I guess you can audit the firmware and prove that that was. I can't case. verify it. I think there's people out there. Who can, hey, who knows? Who knows? Actually, I spoke with Alejandro from Pool, and he's going to come on when Taproot does um, does activate to talk about that. Uh, if it never activates, we know he's been dodging us, Alejandro. <laughs> If it doesn't activate, you got some explaining to do. But it would act. Um, so if it doesn't, well, Speedy Trial doesn't answer. This user activated soft fork. Client is out there. And it was it like, well, what Speedy people- Trial still has what? Like seven or eight more, nine more uh, activation periods after this one? Uh, I don't know the exact number. It was three months. So no, I was completely off on that. Uh, that's six total, and we've already done two. This will be the third, so there'll be three more. Yeah, yeah. Back to the drawing board after that. What'd you think of uh, Anthony's comments about the the alternative client and like the fact that it forked out? They weren't happy. Like the the powers that be, you know, weren't happy about uh, the 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 last UASF either. You know, like there's there's no there's there'll never be. By by definition, it can't go through the regular channels. Um, so while some of it I think is valid, um, there'll always be people that are complaining by whatever client gets sent out. Um, but I said in the past that you know I think speedy trial is cool because you just we'll do it and we'll see if we have to fight after. But if we don't have to fight, then you don't have to fight. But I think it's important that miners know that there's something out there. Um, you know, there's something waiting in the darkness uh, if they don't get their shit together. Um, it's a bad precedent to basically put all the power in miners' hands. I mean, you have three parties, right? You have the users, you have the miners, well, the miners are users too, the miners and the devs. And in the speedy trial, it's kind of like devs put, push the code and then the miners activate it, right? And the users are, are in a softer check position and, and they can only really have power um, if they're vocal and they have this threat of running a client, if they want to change, if they don't want to change, then they don't even have to be vocal. They just don't update. Um, That's another thing. They have a soft veto there. (laughs) What's the percentage of the network running version 0.21.1 right now? See, that's impossible to verify. Right. But I saw numbers coming out of of Luke dash juniors node uh, aggregation or whatever that was saying like 30% or something. Right. Um, I thought it was less than that. Oh, maybe it was less. But it's important to realize that there's no way for us to verify node count because you can just spin up a ton of nodes on AWS and shit. And this is why proof of work exists in the first place because you need something that's verifiable, easily verifiable, uh, you know, to, to 
to be based in some kind of reality, like some solid existence. It can't just be, there's no way for us to verify that you're actually uh, a single user running a node. Yeah. Right. That's the the whole argument that there's like economic nodes with that are making like large transactions. Like there's a soft argument. There's no way to verify that. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, the only way to verify it is to send, send Bitcoin through a right. certain lines. To like Coinbase or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be aware. Well, so continuing, we're wrapping up the taproot conversation. I would go follow Andrew Chow on Twitter. If you aren't already a Chow 101, he wrote um, a script. I believe that's scraping data from mining pools to, to alert people when they start signaling immediately. Um, and so over, over the weekend when everybody was yelling at Elon Musk, myself included, uh, everybody was focused on that. There was a number of pools that began signaling uh, for the first time. Binance, uh, Luxor, and a couple other, a few others as well. Um, Levi, BTC. Um, so be aware. Just go to tabroot.watch and you can you can watch it yourself. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Marty doesn't think it's going to activate next adjustment period. I bet Evan Kaludis on Dispatch five hundred thousand sets uh, that it won't activate. He thinks it will activate. Um, and so, so just to be clear for the freaks per speedy trial, if it does, if, if 90% of the blocks mined next difficulty period, which should be less than two weeks because difficulty adjustment is going to drop drastically, it seems, um, or not drastically, significantly. 14% and, pretty big. Yeah, that's pretty big. Uh, if 90% signal, then it's going to, it locks in and then it activates like in November or something, right? Yeah, like around November 12th, it locks in. Just in time to, to, to decide whether or not me or Marty wins our bet. <laughs> there is a, there's a block that's estimated to be middle of November, 700 something thousand. I'm looking for it right now. I know Anthony had it in his blog. Let me control F here. It's all F on this weird computer. We have some person in the comments saying that I'm paying off the pools to win bets. Um, that's not true, but don't take my word for it. You can never know. You can never know. I mean, are the pools that cheap? Are they going to take <laughs> less than a million and a half sats so that you can win your bets? Is that is that your total bet amount? Oh, no. <laughs> I have now I have two and a half million sats. Two and a half million. All right. Um, the, oh, I guess, no, I have a million sats with you. I have a half million with Evan. And then McCormick, I have a like $180 bottle of scotch. So that one is at least priced in shitty money. That can't go up a substantial amount before Tapper gets activated. Uh, we have Jay Lee in the comments who reminded me that Evan first said he was willing to bet 200K sats. And I told him to put his balls on the table, and that's how we got the 500 kids sets. Hey, Evan, way to put your balls on the table. I hope you're sunning those balls too to get that tee up. You know, it's a it's a big big movement. Are you sunning your balls, Matt? No comment. <laughs> uh, this is good news. We've been covering this uh, as it's been ongoing, uh, and we had a freak from the Netherlands tweeted us. Shout out to Boris. Uh, the Dutch bank, the central bank, which was attempting to um, force very stringent KYC AML 
um, and tracking requirements on exchanges. Uh, I believe they were going to attempt to make it so you couldn't send a personal storage too uh, in the Netherlands. They lost their their case against Bitonic, or Bitonic, I believe, sued them. Um, and they're not going to be able to, to basically thrust those new regulations and, and data collection practices on the Dutch exchanges. So shout out to Bitonic for putting up a fight and taking it to the man and winning that. Um, yeah, so I mean, specifically it was that users were required to prove they owned an address. And yes. that was either by a signed message, which really is how it should be done, or by taking a screenshot of your wallet. Uh, and, and basically it was moving the liability. It was, there was no way that the exchange could actually prove that you actually owned it if it, you're just taking a screenshot. But at least as far as the law was concerned, every withdrawal address you send to is yours. So whatever happens that Bitcoin is on you. Um, and it's, you know, it's, a, it's a clear uh, step towards user control and you know, anti-privacy, right? So it's really good to see them fight back. And I think this should be a hopeful uh, inspirational tale for other businesses in the space that you don't have to just, you know, give lip service to these policies being horrible. Like, you know, put up and hire a lawyer and fucking sue your central bank or <laughs> <laughs> your regulator. Who's ever doing it? We're going to audit the Fed. We're going to sue them so that we can audit them. Remember, Janet Yellen told you you can't do it. Wouldn't it be good? We should sue them. Let's sue the Fed. They're a private entity. Can you sue the government? Yes. You can. Maybe we should start suing the government. They literally just did. Oh, you mean in the U.S.? It's the Dutch. In the U.S., you can sue everyone. Dutch central bank private though, or all central bank? The Dutch central bank was in charge of this regulation, which is weird to me, right? Like the Fed doesn't do any regulation here. Speaking of regulation, good segue. Treasury, Uh, they're stepping in and trying to make it so uh, any crypto transactions over $10,000 need to be reported to the IRS. There was some clarification from Niraj from Coin Center on Twitter right before we came uh, to hit record. And what he said on the Treasury report, we need to see specifics for this proposed new 1099 form. Will it be too invasive? Question mark. Uh, but as of now, this rule looks technology neutral. Crypto is the same as cash. That seems good. It also only applies to intermediaries, not P2P transactions. So that last caveat is pretty interesting. So if you're sending from a personal wallet to another person. Yeah, I mean, Naraj, you're not making me feel any better. You know? <laughs> well, the, the P2P stuff makes me feel better because I'm, I'm thinking about like moving. I mean, but this is what they say to us every time, right? You know, the travel rule only applies. This is what we were hearing in December. The travel rule only applies from wallet, from exchange to exchange or exchange to user or user to exchange, but not user to user. And say, like, okay. And like, what's the step after they do that? The next step is, okay, now we're going to make it user to user. It doesn't, it doesn't really, what he's saying is basically saying, don't worry, it'll be the same requirement that the Dutch just had struck down and that's better. You know, it's like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. Good. Yeah. You have to report it to the IRS. God, the IRS, man. The treasury yelling, can't get away from her. She, she haunted us as Fed secretary or Fed chairwoman. I mean, you should just assume you should assume all this shit is is, you know, logged and stored and sent to every government agency. Like that should be what you're operating under that assumption. You should be assuming that it's happening right now, but you should definitely be assuming that it'll happen in the future 
And just remember that, you know, none of this data gets deleted. They have, they're forced, the regulated companies are forced to keep it. So act accordingly. For a certain amount of years, correct? And yeah, then, I think it's like seven years. Like it's a fucking uh, eternity. Yeah. Well, you buy Bitcoin 2013, Coinbase. And you know, at like year six, they're going to be like, you got to keep it for another seven years. You yeah. know, who knows? Assume well, that's going to happen too. This is why the staying humble and stacking sets is the way to go. If you're hodling, you really should not have anything to worry about. Other than they know that you have Bitcoin, you can just be like, fuck you. Get away from me. It's also important to realize that a lot of these types of stories happen around tax day. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, it's, it's a good point as well. Do you think Janet has a vendetta because of Bitcoin sign guy? I mean, oh, he about this all the time. I think. Did he get like if I was if I was like Janet's like close close like high school or college friend, like I would just troll her about it all the time. <laughs> you were saying audit you were telling Congress that you can't audit the Fed and somebody was holding up a buy Bitcoin sign behind you. The juxtaposition of that, Janet. You don't see She's the like, it? You don't see the beauty in that? She's doing like family Christmas photos and her nephew's got a buy Bitcoin sign in the back, you know? <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, this was interesting. Tor. Can we trust Tor? He's drinking Corona Extra. Am I going to have to get a Corona Extra up here? Honey! I don't know. Someone in the live chat asked, so I was trying not to... I was just giving them a signal. Let me text my wife and tell her to bring me a Corona Extra. I'll, I'll join you. Um... What's going on with Tor? What is this cross-browser? Oh, this one's not good. It doesn't, yeah, seem, doesn't good. seem good at all. Like, what no. the hell's going on? Um, so you know, like when you click a Zoom link, it opens up the little dialogue thing. Mm -hmm. It says, do you want to open Zoom? And then you click open Zoom and it opens the Zoom app. Yes. So this vulnerability uses that feature to try and open all different sorts of popular apps. So Spotify, Zoom, Telegram, all the different apps. And then it builds a profile on you based on which apps you have installed oh. and what other, other information they can get. Like, so a lot of times, like what, when you're talking about fingerprinting a browser, like trying to figure out who is who, and you can see this in like analytics dashboards and stuff, they'll do like screen size and browser and uh which OS they're using. Are they using Windows? Are they using Mac? Are they using an iPhone? Like all these different little things and combined together, they're making this user profile where they can track you. And with this, they add on top of that, which apps you have installed. And it works across browsers inherently because you still have the same apps installed regardless of what browser you're using. And it even works across Tor browser and or incognito or whatever you're using. And what's fucked up about the Tor browser is at least they have a demo on this site if you want to demo it out. If you use it on like a Chromium browser or Firefox or something, or probably even Safari, I haven't tested it out on Safari. Uh, it like pops up, the dialogues are popping up rapidly so you can kind of see it, right? Like if you're paying attention, you, you like notice like why is it trying to open all these different pop-up windows? But by default, Tor browser blocks those windows, which is it's supposed to be a safety feature. But so instead, what's happening is with Tor browser, you're extra vulnerable because it can just be happening behind the scenes and you don't realize. Now, the one benefit you have is the Tor network is so fucking slow <laughs> that it takes them about seven, seven seconds per app on the Tor browser side. So you have to be like sitting on a on a malicious website for like a couple minutes for them to 
figure out all the apps you have on your computer. Okay, so you go to a website, it's malicious, and it's just pinging your computer. All right, what fucking apps do you have? Let's build this profile. Yeah, if you go to the thing and you do it, you like let it run for a minute, it'll just tell you all the apps that you have on your computer. Yeah. And then it uses that as a profile for you. Yeah, so here's uh, the conclusion, part of the conclusion of this fingerprintjs.com blog post is until the vulnerability is fixed, the only way to have private browsing sessions not associated with your primary device is to use another device altogether. You just got to use separate devices for, for separate apps, it seems. We got to fix this at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, it, it was reported to the different browser teams. I think it'll get patched. Uh, for really sensitive stuff, you should be using Tails, um, which is, you know, a Tor-specific uh, Linux distro that just runs off of a USB stick and when you pull it, it wipes. Um, you'll still have the user profile of a Tails user, uh, which doesn't have the best anon anonymity set, but uh, you know, it, 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 for really sensitive stuff, that should be the way people go. And, and even better, you should use that on a dedicated machine that you don't use for other things. Um, we have Zaya Zaza in the comments um, asking about like what that looks like uh, for these apps that you're correct. It'll show like the, 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 the malicious actor would see like app, not installed app, not installed app, not installed, you know, denied, denied, denied app installed, denied, denied, denied app installed or whatever. And that's how they can tell which apps there are. They're like just brute forcing that little. They have a list to action thing. They have a list and they're just searching. Yeah. Yeah. Be aware. I'm going to link to that make sure you check that out. It's the fingerprint dot js or j fingerprintjs.com um link in the show notes yeah patch out there hopefully things get better be aware be aware while you're browsing the internet be aware uh chaos of free node what's going on here is chaos all over the place this week free node uh is uh the project that basically allows people to run irc channels which is where a lot of developers chat particularly about Bitcoin core. Uh, is this something we should be worried about in terms of like a communications attack vector, Matt? I'm not, uh, I've never dove too deep in the IRC. Yeah. So they're, they're saying that free node IRC channels should be considered compromised. All domains are now in the hands of a malicious actor. So if you're using a free node IRC channel, you should move to a new server. Yeah. Does this have something to do with that dude? Or matrix, just move to matrix. Matrix is dope. So that has something to do with like the private internet access guy. Matrix almost has like a Slack-esque interface or a Discord-esque interface. Yeah. So it's like to me, it's like IRC 2.0. Yeah, but who's who's in the middle of this controversy? Is the dude from PIA? Yeah, that's my basic understanding. I haven't really. The big thing for Bitcoiners is, you know, the the main Bitcoin discussion channels are all free node IRC. Yeah. Is where you have uh, the Bitcoin PR review club that John Newberry hosts meets in IRC, the Bitcoin devs chat in IRC. The Taproot activation channel. There's an OTC desk. There's like an infamous IRC OTC desk that's been around for a while. Um, where you can trade Bitcoin OTC with other people. Yeah, it doesn't seem great. So start seeking out alternatives. I wonder uh, if any developers in the comments uh, have any comments about this. Would be interesting to hear. On to more rosy stuff. Good stuff. Good news. Libsec 
libsec p 256k1 uh, which is a library that that houses a lot of the cryptographic functions that go into bitcoin core uh, it's had a lot of work done to it over the years particularly in the last couple of years it's had a lot of upgrades uh, and the improvements that have been made uh, have sped up bitcoin core validation by seven percent according to james o'byrne um on github he he, he ran a test on his node, and it seems like uh, validation uh, has sped up significantly. Seven percent is a, a material gain, would you say? Yeah, I mean that seems pretty massive to me. Yeah. Um, so it's like this is like one of the. It's not flashy. Uh, it's not talked about a lot. Um, it's not uh, anything that many people are aware of, but it's one of those sort of deep under the hood tools that has been worked on for years and trying to get better. And it's trying to make these uh, efficiency gains uh, for people attempting to download and use Bitcoin core, um, which is essential for long-term resilience in the network, making it easier to run a node and, and do it in a way that doesn't use too much bandwidth or, and does it in a timely manner. So this is good to see. And this is uh, the segues into something you didn't have on the list, which I thought you would. Thank God I, I saw it wasn't on the list. Uh, the team at BitMEX Research, uh, particularly their grantee Calvin Kim, uh, ran a test about uh, blockchain, uh, blockchain validation, particularly IBD, Bitcoin's initial block download, using a, a U3XO client. U3XO is something we've talked about in the past. It was, uh, it was brought into existence by Taj Dryja, correct? I believe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just said that really confidently. Sounds right. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But I mean, this is like... A, if I recall correctly, the main trade-off is with UTXO is that you can, valid, you, can, you can validate the chain much quicker, the IBD, the initial block download, but it uses more bandwidth. So you save time, but it uses significantly more bandwidth. Let me control it. Am I correct on that trade-off? And it's a soft fork in that if you don't do anything, you just won't even know that UGXO nodes exist. But if you run UGXO node, then you need other UGXO nodes to basically serve you the UGXO data. Yeah. So it's a, it's a 36% improvement on IBD, which is material, 36% faster to, to download the, the blockchain initially. Uh, but you need 20% more bandwidth. There you go. Spare. I don't know if like the IBD time is like, a big bottleneck like the bandwidth is the bigger bottleneck to me yeah having people be able to download it with shitty internet connections so yeah i you know like i can do an ibd through tour on a raspi 4 with raspi blitz in like three days two days like that's seems great <laughs> you know what do i need uh but yeah, it's, it's good to have options. It's good to see. I guess one of the things they were saying was phones. It could be useful for phones. Does the storage work? I guess you do the IBD uh, and then you prune yourself. Yeah. So you could do like that phone. on phones and maybe it makes a lot of sense for a mobile phone because a mobile phone, but mo mobile phones have massive bandwidth. Uh, Limitations. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't want to use heavy, heavier bandwidth on my phone. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. Um. Well, yeah. we'll talk about it more next week when the freaks tell us why we should care more. Yeah. If anybody's in the comments telling us why, let us know. Somebody's saying run non-core nodes. Yeah, but this would still be core. Yeah. 
It'd be like core plus UTXO. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but, but I guess the news here is there's been test run. It's something we've been talking about, something many Bitcoiners have been talking about. So it seems like somebody, at least Calvin Kim, is, uh, <laughs> is experimenting with this. Yeah, you do need to go prune yourself. <laughs> That's what I laughed at as I saw it in the chat. I always know what you're laughing at, Matthew. I don't know how you think. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, let's elaborate on it. Darkseid says that their servers and Bitcoin has been seized. Darkseid is the, uh, the gray hat uh, hacking group that, that attacked the Colonial Pipeline and other um, systems recently. Um, and apparently... <laughs> Everything's been seized and all the decryption, uh, the information has been released publicly. So uh, dark side's closed. What do you think? Was this a huge PSYOP false flag? I, was, like- I mean, I still don't think it was a false flag. Uh, like I said, I just, I just, I think our infrastructure is super vulnerable, Marty. And I like, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Um, the, as far as the decryption keys go, they said they were going to release them. I don't know if they're actually releasing them. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they've actually released them yet, but they, they said they intend to release decryption keys for even those people that haven't paid. Um, I mean, my guess is that their servers weren't seized. They still have the Bitcoin and it's just like they're boating accidenting it. And they're just going to come back as like the light side ransomware group or whatever. Let's just come back with a new name. They're like, the heat got too hot for them. So they left the fucking kitchen and they're just going to come back as a new organization. It's literally a boating accident. That's my take. I'm reading the blog post right now. It's like, I don't know. Like, it seems like they were sloppy with how they had their infrastructure set up. And it was like too easy to, to take down their servers. I well, guess. I mean, they might've taken down the servers. Well, so, so the theory is that the Russian government was looking the other way. Which okay. that seems reasonable to me. They've done that in the past plenty of times. Russians, like how? No, the, the, you know they're they're an online gang running out of Russia, similar to like what we had with BTCE, and like certain politicians were taking payoffs and stuff to look the other way because they weren't targeting Russians; they were targeting other countries, right? And the pressure got so much. There was so much geopolitical pressure that whoever was protecting them on the Russian side stopped protecting them, and because that protection was gone. That was what their servers were basically relying on. But that's different than the Bitcoin getting seized, right? Like if your public facing servers get taken down, your communication infrastructure gets taken down, that is way more vulnerable than cold storage keys. Um, So that aspect, so their their servers could have been taken down Mm -hmm. and it could be a boating accident. It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. It could be both of those things. And then they just come back as a different organization. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Beware. There was a, uh, there's more ransomware attacks too. Uh, I believe I saw one in Ireland. Um, I forget exactly what type. Of, I think it might have been the healthcare system there. There's rumors of other oil and gas companies in the southwest part of the U.S. getting ransomware as well. Um, yeah. Beware. Ransomware, it's a big attack vector. We need to secure these systems, particularly systems uh, that have to do with critical infrastructure like getting energy to the market and and healthcare seem pretty important to me now what i thought was really cool uh was elliptic surveillance the surveillance company elliptic um 
tracked the Bitcoin uh, and they said that they've discovered a wallet with $17.5 million worth of Bitcoin in it. 78.29 Bitcoin, which is important to realize is nearly one-tenth the amount that BlockFi allegedly accidentally sent to their user. Um, uh, so the what was interesting there was they try and, you know, they use it at elliptic uses that as like a publicity stunt to sell their, you know, like $150,000 a year software, whatever it costs. Uh, that's closed source and no one, you know, everyone that uses it has to sign NDA. The guys over at OXT.me, elliptic put too much detail into their post. They said, you know, we track this many inputs of this amount or whatever. And then OXT, found the cluster and they just put it up on the internet. Like this is the, this is the, these are the addresses that uh, Elliptic is talking about. So we have the full address cluster of dark side on OXT.me. Yeah. Over, over time, they, they added 341.4127332 Bitcoin uh, to those wallets, but they've also removed the highest, the, the balance ever was, was like 96.52. How does that work? Like, Yeah. Yeah, so they cycled through 341 Bitcoin right now. The cluster of wilds is holding uh, 547 sats, uh, basically the dust limit. Um, Wait, I thought, didn't, so did I read that wrong? What was the 78 Bitcoin? What do you mean 78? Elliptic has, you see, I put the archive link. Yeah, yeah. Fuck these guys. The archive link. I can't get past the uh, the ad that they have for. Well, you, you can still see it, even though it's annoying. Though I think they do that on purpose. Um. Oh no, the seventy-eight point two nine Bitcoin was just a single ransom by a chemical distribution company. Brentag. Yeah, so I was wrong about that. So what'd you say? What did we say the total was that they found in here? Three hundred forty-one Bitcoin. Okay, so about about half what BlockFi sent out allegedly. <laughs> Just turning the knife. Just turning the knife, Matthew. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I OXT at me. Let's give a shout out to them. To to Laurent for putting that that website together. Samurai team for for running with it as well. I remember again. I mentioned this many times in the past, but I remember back. Gosh be three or four years ago it was me laurent and aaron van weirdom in like a random slack group using oxt.me to track like the dust spamming um attacks of like the summer of 2015 2016 uh really cool visualization tool if you guys haven't checked it out oxt.me argentina authorities force exchanges to provide data more authoritarian creep this is uh, an article in bitcoin magazine uh, the government authorities in Argentina requiring cryptocurrency exchanges in the country to provide monthly data on users and transactions. So Argentina is one of those countries that has experienced uh, multiple bouts of hyperinflation over the last couple of decades. Um, they've issued a 100-year bond recently that I'm pretty sure they're already uh, behind on. on Who the uh, hell would buy a 100-year bond from them? Idiots. Who would buy a 100-year bond in general? And guess what, Freaks? Janet Yellen's floating like a 50-year bond in the U.S., which is that's not a good sign. Um, well, hopefully she's planning on buying Bitcoin with the proceeds. <laughs> we can only hope. It would be smart. Um, yeah, so are any Argentinian freaks, be aware. I'm sure many of you are already buying in P2P exchanges um, just because you get probably more accurate pricing, I would imagine, with the, uh, the dark market for U.S. dollars. Is that correct? 
Oh, I mean, I mean, I hope most Argentinians are no KYC only. Is that what you were saying? Well, I imagine they use P2P because like the, the above board US dollar exchange rate is usually... Yeah, they have US dollar limits, right? They're already playing games with how much money you can keep in a foreign bank account and stuff. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone should use KYC exchanges, but especially not in Argentina. Like that, that country is known for its capital controls. Yeah. So I assume the majority of its volume, yes, I, 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 would, I would agree with you that the majority of its volume is, is P2P exchanges that have no KYC. And then as a result, wouldn't fall under this anyway. Yeah. But if you are still playing by the rules. Um, you, uh, you should be aware of this. I'm sorry. I just Congratulations. Got you just played yourself. What? Yeah, you just played yourself. My wife's not bringing me a Corona. She oh, will when she gets back. And she's at the store right now. Um, oh wow! Thanks, honey. You love. Thanks, honey. Let's see if she uh, she gets back from the store before this wraps up. Not that we're close to wrapping up. Uh, we already talked about the treasury. We're at software updates. Before we get to let's software, do update, shoutouts. Yeah, I was gonna say let's do shoutouts. Um, our BTC Pay server is down right now. I'm working to get it back up. Um, so I did some side shoutouts uh off the btc pay server I, actually one side shout out because i think the timing of this one particularly is important that we do it this week um so here we go on behalf of the minneapolis bitcoiners i would like to extend a sincere send-off shout out to cam strom as he's making the move to Austin, Texas, to continue his work with Unchained Capital. Cam is one of the most principled Bitcoiners I know, and I think everyone up here in the Twin Cities would agree with me. We're lucky to have such a solid group up here, and Cam, along with the Coors Lights, will be missed. This is a shot across the bow. The Austin folks have made it clear they want Austin to be the epicenter for principled Bitcoiners, and Parker Lewis is on a warpath to make this happen. I say this tongue in cheek because I will also be making the move in the near future, but I want to make it clear that this has been noticed by the severely underrated Minnesota crew. Uh, great American cities deserve and will require strong Bitcoiners in the coming decade. Let the competition commence. So congrats to Cam for the move to Austin. I had the pleasure of meeting Cam during my Austin trip uh, last month, uh, a stand-up gentleman. And I would, I would co-sign the message that he's an extremely principled um, Bitcoiner that we're lucky to have working in the space, particularly at Unchained Capital. Disclaimer, Unchained is a sponsor of the podcast. And we're like friends with like everyone over there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, shout out to the Twin Cities. Yes. Yeah, I mean, shout out to, there's a lot of great freaks in Minnesota. Tyler, um, who created the intro that you, that you hear before this episode, um, before we rip into the What Is Up Freaks. Uh, Brandon Quidham, of course. Uh, uh, for, also known as Mushroom Guy. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of mycelium. Uh, Cam, obviously. Not the wallet. And I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm missing a number of a very high-quality Minnesotan Bitcoiner. Shout out to the Minnesota crew. Twin Cities. Never been. Never been to the land of a thousand lakes. Uh, maybe I should check it out one day. And I hope uh, Minnesota is the land of a thousand lakes because it would be embarrassing to get that wrong live on air. All right, that's from last week. We have two more shout-outs here. So we, that shout-out was a side shout-out? How does that work? Did you get a... You got a DMs. I actually haven't sent the invoice yet. Uh, the person who's that? It's Tyler's paying for it. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm talking to Tyler, but uh, I trust him. It's a level of trust. Very un <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, 
You might double spend us now. It's, it's going to be lightning. You can't double spend on lightning. Can you? No, you can't. I mean, you don't be think of an invoice yet, Marty. That's true. Okay, well, we trust you, Tyler. Don't please. let us down. <laughs> uh, to all the Bitcoiners that are butthurt about shitcoins, please shut the fuck up. It's beginning, <laughs> becoming so <laughs> fucking annoying. If you're furiously tweeting angry rants about why Bitcoin is better than a shitcoin, uh, you've already lost the plot. Bitcoin doesn't need to coddle and protect it like an overbearing mother. It doesn't need you to coddle it and protect it like an overbearing mother. If it did, it deserves to die. Many shitcoins are fu- many shitcoiners are future bitcoiners, and many bitcoiners are future shitcoiners. This is an open monetary competition. If you can't handle that, then sell your coins now because you're going to fold when the real battle start. Some kid may get inspired by a shitcoin and start hacking. They may have a new insight or idea that leads to a fundamental breakthrough in how these systems can be improved. Take a step back and see the bigger picture, which is simply that more and more people are getting excited and learning about how this technology works. If you think that's bad for Bitcoin, then you need to adjust your time preference. I would co-sign that message. I 100% co-sign everything that guy said. Did, did he sign off by who said it? No, no, completely anonymous. I feel like I sent in the shout out. Maybe I sent it. <laughs> I agree. Like, hey, the shit coins, they're coming. They're never going to stop. What I have a problem with is I have a problem with shitcoin promoters that don't disclose trade-offs. Yes. So like when Gemini is tweeting out, buy Dogecoin, it's going to the moon. And they directly are making trading fees based on people going to their shitcoin exchange to buy Dogecoin. And those new coiners don't understand any of the trade-offs that are being made, don't have any idea what a node is or any of this shit. Um, they can go fuck themselves. Agreed. But the actual users, you know, they're the victims in that in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and to be clear, I don't think shitcoins are a threat to Bitcoin. So I, th- I think they're specifically a threat to the users who choose to speculate on them and end up with less sats as a result. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, you see, I'm getting mad at Elon hand up. I got a little mad online last weekend too. It wasn't because of Dogecoin. It was the energy stuff. Like, I don't care about Dogecoin. Like, please. Wait, you were mad about the energy shit? I mean, I just met like I hate. <laughs> yeah. Ha uh, ha. We got to follow up on that too, by the way. Um, but yeah, the Dogecoin stuff, like I would love for Elon to sell his Bitcoin and go to Dogecoin if he's going to be playing these games. Like, Did you see he got salty at Sailor and then Sailor ratioed him and then he deleted his tweet? Yeah. Okay. I mean. And he didn't sell his Bitcoin. That's all, you know, that's all yeah, you need to know. He didn't sell his Bitcoin, but like also, Elon, you're, you're drawing a bunch of undue attention to yourself. Now people are going to realize that Tesla is just a, a carbon credit scam. It's an accounting game. It's not really a, a profitable business. You're actually not running a green technology company considering all the the dirty the dirty uh, hydrocarbons that go into making uh, your stuff work and the fact that people uh, charge their charging. I can just see um, full-time Bitcoin getting mad at me right now, but I'm sorry, bro. Like He's going to be laid bare as a fraud. PayPal. The, the it's coming out like the origin of PayPal. It was like he had a shitty payments fintech company that just got lucky and raised a bunch of money before the dot-com boom. And Peter Thiel had PayPal, um, very good technology, but no money. And they merged. Um, and Peter Thiel basically took over uh, and just took Elon's money to, to blow PayPal up. And Elon was more of like a figurehead who ended up getting fired while on an international flight because he made a, a very poor 
technical business decision by trying to migrate to Microsoft off of Linux and he got fired because of that. And, and he's, he's uh, emerged in this, this huge carbon credit scam business that is Tesla, which has never been profitable outside of Bitcoin sales. So fuck you, Elon. If you want the smoke, keep talking, bro. Keep talking. Last shout out of the week. Dear Elon Musk, you may not realize it, but Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency in the space and will always be the first financial asset in human history to land and stay on the surface of the moon. The first human financial asset, money and commodity to moon will be Bitcoin. I know you had your hopes pin on that pet shit coin you like for this kind of mission, but Bitcoin is better. We have purchased a ride on the lunar rocket. Our seat on this rocket contains an SD card. On this SD card is a picture of a Bitcoin of the Bitcoin Genesis block. Within this picture of the Genesis block is a Bitcoin private key containing uh, a million, or excuse me, 10 million sats. Um, no, you got it wrong. Dude, it's a 0.1 Bitcoin or 1 million sats. It's 10 million sats. So I don't know if it's a million sats or 10 million sats. Either or. It's over a million sats. We know that. At least a million sats, excuse me. To be lucky, astronauts who eventually endeavored to recover this tiny hoard of digital uh, latinum we wish them Godspeed, good hunting, and good luck. Elon, have fun being second place. P.S. Bitcoin will beat you to Mars too. From 2140 Keys. Are we done talking about Elon forever? We just, just Yeah, I'm so sick of the topic. Yeah. But cheers, Freak. Appreciate you. Yeah. Work on your SATS conversion. Yeah. Yeah, please work on the SATS. If it's 0.1 Bitcoin, that's 10 million. 0.01, that's a million. Me and FTB... You mentioned him earlier, full-time Bitcoin, our resident Tesla shill uh, freak uh, and friend. Uh, we, have a, we have a 1 million sat bet that I say by 2030, we won't have a Bitcoin node, full node on Mars. And he says we will. Oh, yeah. and he's not allowed to run it himself because I'm not paying for his trip to Mars just so he could run the node by 2030. <laughs> I was smart. Thought of, that. Thought of that edge case. There's no way there's a Bitcoin node on Mars by 2030. Well, just reach out to FTB. I think he's... Uh, How are you going to get fucking internet on Mars by 2030? I, I, I We said we weren't going to mention him, but I think he's banking the whole bet on Elon. So, Hey, FTB. Love you, brother. Disagree on Tesla. Very good taste in cigars. We'll say that. I love FTB. He's a good dude. Yeah. That was it for the shout-outs, freaks. Uh, we love the shout-outs. Um, thank you. For contributing you can do that at tftc.io slash contribute if you want to buy a shout out you can't do it right now because our, our nodes i gotta go <laughs> but uh hopefully if you're listening to this uh, uh the day after it's recorded it'll be up by then beyond that if you guys are listening live um please smash the, the thumbs up the subscribe button it goes a long way maybe even hit that like little notification bell for when we do go live in the future if you're on uh, twitter smash that retweet if you're listening on a podcast app you know think about giving us a rating or review. We've been, gotten, we've been getting some one-star reviews because of my rants, Matthew. On, uh, I just like the video. Uh, is that like uncouth? No. From my personal account because I'm watching the live chat? <laughs> I, I liked it from uh, the TFTC account too. I'm liking our own live stream. We've been getting one-stars because of your rants? One, yeah, somebody. I got called... Uh, that was This was a three-star review. I got called... Uh, like. Uh, unfunny, but it was like it was even better than just unfunny. It was like... But don't give them a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dispatch got a couple one stars. The Dispatch dedicated feed got a couple one stars because I say the word shit coins too often. Uh, 
the shit corners found it and they got angry. <laughs> now the shit coin, well, that's another thing. The shit coin hordes going to, um, uh, going to take over Bitcoin 2021. That's a rumor going around. Bullshit. Yeah. I know. Look, it's like this, I, this idea that, well, first of all, there's a group that's trying to like a lot of side events. They're calling it like the crypto Miami weekend or whatever. And like, to be absolutely clear, no one on the Bitcoin 2021 team has ever referred to it as the crypto weekend and everyone pukes in their mouth when they hear it. Okay. It's, it's, it's Bitcoin week in Miami is what it fucking is. I mean, it's, it's, and then second of all, it's a big ass event that's going to compete with South by Southwest next year. Um, There's going to be 12,000 people there. It's never going to be like a Bitcoin Twitter pure thing. Like if you want to do that, you go to Bitblock boom, you go to Riga, you know, there's events for that smaller, intimate, more pure events. Um, this is a big showcase for Bitcoin. Um, outwardly promoting shitcoins is not permitted at the event. All talks are going to be purely Bitcoin focused. Sponsors that are like shitcoin exchanges and stuff that have shitcoins and stuff have all of their advertisements and stuff have to be focused on Bitcoin. It's a very important thing. And it's the only type of event where you're going to see, you know, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank uh, moderating a panel with Bitcoin miners, you know, like, like he's going to be there. He's a, he's going to be a, a moderator. He's not even going to be a panelist. Right. So moderating like, my panel. No, he's my, there's a bunch of mining panels. Um, and I'm sure his panel is going to be controversial because he talks about like, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna trigger you. He, he talks about uh, like blood coins. Versus... Get me on that panel. Get me on that panel. Well, Marty, I, I don't have control over the agenda. And now but, you do. Get me on that panel. I want to talk. But I'm saying like, like that, no matter what, that's a cool, that's like, these, these are going to be cool conversations that you won't see other places, right? Like these, these are things like we don't have this type of event. Consensus fucking just announced. Did you see they announced desk coin? Coindesk <laughs> launched their own shit coin for consensus. Are you kidding me? You know, like, and, and and the Bitcoin magazine Twitter ratioed them and they said sats sats are their token. You uh, know, so like we need the it's there's nuance, guys. There's nuance. Be reasonable. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're attending the co- consensus uh, virtual conference, I will be speaking on Monday. But it's, it's to defend Bitcoin against the energy fund. We're reframing FUD. We're reframing it. I'm not getting paid. It's all virtual, right? It's not even in person. Yeah. I'm gonna be sitting here. Should I, should I wear this shirt? Absolutely. Like if the, you ask me that question, I'll always say yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, on to the software updates. Uh, Whirlpool CLI version 0.10.11 uh, has been released running Whirlpool. Uh, the CLI specifically uh, that is out running Dojo. Uh, we mentioned earlier they came out with a new release version 1.10.0. Sparrow Wallet version 1.4.1 has been released if you're running that. Um, and I saw in no bullshit Bitcoin uh, as we're recording Phoenix wallet version 1.4.12 was released. And that adds Ellen URL. Oh, fuck. Yes. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. Um, so you can now pay compatible static invoices via, via Phoenix wallet. Uh, the chess tournament, hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. And this is Coinbase running this, right? FTX. FTX, another exchange. FTX, Sam, getting all over the place. 
Yeah, like we got you can take your wins where you get it, right? Like FTX, like they could have done this in Solana or whatever their shitcoin is, but instead they offered a hundred K worth of Bitcoin. Yeah. Are they uh are the chess guys jacked up for this, do you think? This is like top tier chess too. It's like the top Magnus ten in the world part. or something. Is Magnus gonna be yeah, Magnus Carlson and Ian and Nepo Minachati uh are taking part ahead of their two million euro game, fourteen game world title. It's going to be streamed live. I think so. I think this is a great use case. I mean, I look, I like Bitcoin and gaming, especially global gaming. It's the ideal prize. Like you fucking just give them a Bitcoin address. You get paid out right away afterwards. Um, you know, we have Jay Lee in the comments uh, saying that a lot of this, you know, the content is focused on new coiners um, at, at the event. Uh, it's at the, at the conference. Uh, it's important to realize that, only the main stage agenda has been released. The second and third stages are, are like more in depth focused. Specifically, the third stage, um, is 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 going to be way more technical. It's going to basically be the technical stage, um, and then we also have the open source dome that I'm running, which will basically, you know, is is it's just all going to be open source developers. So um, there'll be a little bit of everything for everybody. Uh, and they'll, you know, it'll be a good. Leaking. I didn't know Adrian Grenier was going to be there. My wife. Yeah, thinks. exactly. He's going to be on a panel with crypto graffiti. Like, is he like, is he pure? Probably not, you know, I, but like, it's kind of cool. The entourage dude is going to be fucking on stage, like at a Bitcoin conference. I don't know. Have we ever talked about my Adrian Grenier experiences on this podcast? No, I, hit us. <laughs> I've, I've randomly walked into Adrian Grenier like three times in my life. First time. Uh, was probably the most embarrassing. Um, Firefly Festival 2013, just graduated college at Firefly. Um, with a group of my college friends, one of which worked for the the marketing company behind Firefly. So we got VIP tickets and we were backstage uh, able to, to go to the VIP bars. And I'm, I'm waiting for, I'm uh, waiting in line at one of the VIP part, VIP bars for a drink. I'm just talking to a girl next to me, like, "Hey, yeah, this this, this festival is awesome. I love it. What'd you think of uh, Tom Petty last night? What about Red Hot Chili Peppers?" And so we're having a conversation. The lines like six people deep, and, uh, and after like a minute or two, the six people in front of us happen to be together, and they all turn around, and she's part of this group. And so I'm here talking to the girl, and it's like five guys in the group in front of her. And they turn around. Now they're all in a circle. And it's Adrian Grenier. And he's holding uh, six shots. And he hands one out to everybody sitting in a circle, except for me. So like I'm sitting in the circle of Adrian Grenier and his friends. And he hands out all these shots. And they're like, cheers. And I'm just like sitting there randomly in the circle. Like, ah, thanks for the shot. And Five dudes, you and this chick. This chick. And they no all, shot for Marty. They all took shots. Uncle Marty got nothing. But like a, a weird look from Adrian Grenier. Like, who the fuck are you talking to this chick in our group? I was like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. Second time I saw him. So then you got up, you said, have fun staying poor, and you walked away. Yeah, well, I wasn't that confident yet. It was like, it was like, uh, yeah. Pre Bitcoin. Early, no, early Bitcoin days. It was, uh, it was into Bitcoin, but not, uh, not confident to tell people to have fun staying poor yet. <laughs> uh, second story, I ran into him in New York. My, work, my wife worked at like Newhouse. I guess he was a member there. I walk in one day, I sit down, he sits down right next to me. I was like, yeah, oh, what's up? Remember me from Firefly? He said, no. So maybe Bitcoin 2021, Adrian. Maybe he's time. a freak now. Maybe he is a freak. I hope you're. Maybe he never put two and two together and he just put two and two together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite like celebrity encounter stories to tell. Adrian Gnier told me to fuck off and didn't give me a shot. Maybe we'll have a shot together at Bitcoin 2021. Can, can you make that happen, Matt? 
Can't do that at consensus. No, you can't. No, you cannot. I'll try my best, Marty. I'll try my best. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a god over here. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. Uh, you're being very humble right now. You're being very <laughs> humble. Um, this is actually something uh, I had a little part in. A little part uh, being that I just read through it, gave some feedback, particularly on the um, the uh, mining with natural gas part. Uh, the Galaxy Digital team uh, was Rachel Rizbarshik. I'm sorry if I butchered your last name, Rachel. Drew Armstrong and Amanda Fabiano. Shout out Drew and Amanda. I know for sure are freaks. I'm sure and Rachel's incredibly um, wonderful woman in the space working working on mining research specifically. Uh, they, they wrote a mining report basically trying to compare Bitcoin mining's energy consumption to gold and banking and sort of saying, hey, like Bitcoin's totally worth it. And comparatively, it actually uh, doesn't consume nearly as much energy and the energy it is consuming uh, actually reduces waste significantly. Um, so this is what we want to see. And again, went on that huge rant last week. I'm not going to repeat the rant, but I think we need to reframe this. We don't need to work within the, the, the framing of the narrative and the framing of the debate that the quote unquote hysterics have put in front of us. We should, we should switch the framing. I tried to start doing that on Twitter this morning. Bitcoin is a boon to conservationism. All right. We're going to, focus on the positives it conserves it conserves wasted energy uh instead of setting stuff on fire and just wasting it it's terrible we're conserving it and it's actually beautiful how bitcoin conserves it too because you 100 you use that energy turn into electricity that electricity runs through asics that produce hashes that produce blocks or allow miners to produce blocks and they get rewarded in bitcoin so that energy that's being converted into electricity that scarce physical good it's being converted into Bitcoin, it gets memorialized into Bitcoin, into this digital asset, into perpetuity. Bitcoin survives, which is beautiful. You take this scarce digital, excuse me, scarce energy uh, resource, and you turn it into electricity, and you memorialize it on the Bitcoin blockchain into perpetuity. So you get an extreme value many times over for that for that energy. That's the framework we should work with. Bitcoin. I co-sign that. I like that idea. Bitcoin is a boon to conservationism. Bitcoin is the Green New Deal. It really is. Really, we've is. been saying that for fucking over a year now. Years, yeah. Um, Jay Lee wants to know in the comments, will the whole Great American Mining Team be at the conference in Miami? No, we are actually very busy uh, <laughs> building containers. So I, I think I'm right now. I'm the only one that's going to be there. Um, we may have our our, T, our CEO Todd show up too. But again, we are a good good problem to have. We're very busy right now. Well, storms will be missed. He will. Um, he is working diligently and, and very, very hard um, to build containers right now. Well, the other thing I wanted to bring up was, did you see like all the articles that Bitcoin Twitter dug up from like the early days of the internet? They were like, buy a book on Amazon and you burn like seven lumps of coal and yeah. kill a child or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so like this stuff isn't new, right? And I don't think the internet proponents had to like fight a war over it i think they just fucking went ahead and did it and people like the internet you know like so th that was kind of the, i think i was like a lot of people misunderstood me last week um i my argument is like like look it's it's good if we have galaxy digital and these other you know you know other people that are invested in the space provide reports and objective data objective data is always good but uh from a personal point of view 
Like life is short. And I just feel like you don't have to argue with these people. Like we're just going to win. There's nothing they can do about it. You know, it's, it's not, uh, if you were arguing with them over Amazon's environmental uses in 1999, like you wasted a lot of time doing that. That was unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, Amazon <laughs> did not. Well, that's the, so the, the, the nuance here, right? The internet, social media particularly, uh, provide people with very loud uh, soapboxes from which to, or they provide soapboxes from which people can be very loud. And you have a uh, somewhat radical, hysterical minority uh, taking up a lot of mental bandwidth in the modern age due to these communication technologies that have proliferated throughout the internet. So change the framing, own the framing. We need to own it. We can't work within their framing freaks. We own it. It's a boon to conservationism. That's what we're running with. This we're going to A-B test it starting now. Wharton, shout out to uh, Penn, home city uh, Ivy League, getting $5 million worth of Bitcoin. Anonymously. Anonymously. It's, uh, it's the largest. I dig. So they say it's the largest cryptocurrency gift in university history. So it means they've received others? It means it's just a really stupid headline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's like it's it's they were going for like a, a bang, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty sure if any I'm pretty sure if any uh, college received five million dollars worth of Bitcoin, it would be their largest Bitcoin donation they've ever received. Like people don't receive Bitcoin donations, really. <sighs> and like I saw some of the like like aggregator accounts and stuff. They were like largest donation ever made to Warden. So they like, you know, they switch it a tiny bit. It adds a nice little bullish spin. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Penn. Penn is actually, uh, when I, I went to DePaul University, we were on the quarter system. So we would go from like right after Labor Day up until Thanksgiving, then we'd have off until the new year. And so I'd be stuck in Philly between Thanksgiving and New Year's and that like three weeks in December where all my Penn friends were still in class um, and studying for finals. I'd come annoy them, hang out at Blarney's <laughs> Smoky Joe's and Copa Cabana. And the Penn has a very uh, special part in Uncle Marty's. Uh, heart. Not that I ever went there, attended classes there, but I attended the bars around Penn quite frequently while in college. So there you go, Marty, okay. basically a warden grad. Yeah, I, I, honorary. I know a lot of <laughs> know a lot of the class of 2013. I feel like I'm classmates with them to some extent. You could put in your bio, attended warden, just like <laughs> the grounds. Yeah, I was walking around there a lot uh, while uh, I was. <laughs> um, we have two things in the comments. Um, someone mentioned the pineapple fund, which was like a big anonymous Bitcoin whale that was supposed to be donating to a bunch of like open source and privacy focused projects. Mm -hmm. It was a significant amount of Bitcoin. I, it's significantly more than this. I mean, this is, this is what a hundred Bitcoin, uh, you know, at last week's prices, yeah. uh, and, and pineapple fund was significantly more. I don't think it was ever verified if they actually paid out. Like, I don't know if if that actually happened, like people gave them press for the announcement. And then I'm not sure if they actually gave donations. I know we certainly did. Cause I remember talking about, it. yeah, I haven't heard anything since then, uh, since we brought that up. Uh, so if anybody wants to do a follow up on 5,000 Bitcoin Braj is saying that pineapple fund dedicated to it, but I don't remember if they actually paid out. I don't, I, I have no idea. Can I tell you? I like blue shirts getting caught in the green screen. What the hell's going on here? Uh, it's like greenish blue. What else? Did I, ah, while, while we're on the stuff, if anybody from my high school is listening, I tried to convince um, our financial board to invest in Bitcoin last July. Um, haven't heard anybody's. Is a private school? 
Yeah, haven't heard from any. Like we have a we have an endowment. We're actually our endowment's like considerably smaller than our than our rival, which is actually embarrassing. Um, opportunities there. Anybody from my high school is listening. Let's make it happen. I'm getting I'm getting shoved at the door. They're probably just gonna put it all on some shit coin. Ah, they're gonna end up staking in the computer science lab or something like that. God damn it. Last but not, or not last but not least, Chinese government and Apple servers, New York Times story in the technology center, uh, excuse me, uh, the technology section, excuse me. Uh, what's going on with Apple in China? I haven't read this yet. <laughs> FTB is catching up now and you just post in the comments. Uh, the, <laughs> Apple, the Apple story is, um, you know, Apple for Chinese citizens, they, they all their iCloud servers are in China and Technically, they're owned by a Chinese government uh, province or something. They're co-owned by a Chinese government province. So Apple gets to wash their hands of it and pretend that they're not providing government requests for data when really the government just owns the data so they can just do whatever they want. So, uh, so Apple's basically plays this whole privacy. They're the best privacy fighters ever, but in China, they just completely sold out any kind of ethics whatsoever to operate in that environment. So if you're a Chinese freak, um, you know, don't use an iPhone and don't use a Google phone either, like, or a Huawei phone, like, go, you gotta like, gotta work on it. I'm not going to preach to you. I know you're living in an adversarial environment, so. Yeah, they, they Um, they probably have some ideas. They probably have some ideas. Uh, while full Bitcoin or full-time Bitcoin still stuck in the past of this episode, like he's part of Tesla Q, right? That's what we consider him. No, Tesla Q is the opposite. Tesla Q is anti-Tesla. You're part of Tesla Q. I'm part of Tesla Q. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Got to make sure. All right. We got some Tesla. You're learning. (laughs) I love it because he can't hear us talking now because he's still behind, but he's commenting in the thing. So we'll get to this later. Um, Tesla Q, we got to rebrand it to the Tesla, um, the Tesla advocates are now tesla q well so i was watching um the world's most popular bitcoin podcast this morning uh squawk box <laughs> and on cnbc and the the big fud on tesla now is i mean i don't know why are we talking about tesla again is is f-150 they're launching a, a green version of the f-150 yeah, and or electric version of the f-150 i gotta get my verbiage right um and the bitcoiners will either not like it or like it. They're calling it the F-150 Lightning. Oh, don't like that. And the, the talk of the town is that people are going to do that instead of a Tesla. So Ford versus Tesla. Hmm. It doesn't have the same ring to it as Ford versus Ferrari. Incredible. Yeah, it's, I was trying to go for that. It just did not sound nearly as good. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the Biden did like a whole PR stunt. With that he car. drove the car. I don't think he, have you seen the conspiracy theories about He the, definitely drove the car. Apparently he wasn't driving the car. I wouldn't let that dude drive a car. There was a bunch of secret service guys that came out that were pissed about it because they were like, we didn't want him to drive the car and he just got in the car and started driving it. It was a wide open like tarmac. It's yeah. It's very hard to fuck up there. So anyway, um, <laughs> I think a more interesting, you know, we're at the back, we're at the back of the show. So this is where we talk about, uh, uh, whatever topics we want to talk about. Did you see Dave Portnoy's overproduced uh, shitcoin announcement? Uh, with the hats? With the hats? Yeah, he did like, oh, well, he first he tweeted out, he was like, 
in 45 minutes, I'm going to announce my shit coin. Yeah, and we then bro- he, like 45 minutes later, he did the announcement. That's another thing I'm trying to get better at, not reply guying Dave Portnoy. We both replied guyed him. Yours was good. What did you say? It's like, a, this is sad. Sad shit, Dave. Yeah, sad shit, Dave. Wasn't really a reply guy. I just watched the whole thing and I was like, sad shit, Dave. I was just like, I don't know. It was just uh, word vomit mostly. I came at him. I said, Dave Portnoy peaked. You, you can't be <laughs> can't be shilling safe, man. You're, it's like you're clinging to the TikTok stars and safe boon. Did you hear what he said? And he was like, this might be a Ponzi, but for Ponzi's, yeah. the best thing to do is get on the ground floor and we're on the ground floor. Well, that's what you got to love about Dave Portnoy. He's very upfront with the trade-offs. Do you agree with that? There's many things to love about Dave. Dave, I don't think you, you peaked. I was, I was fucking with you. But please, find your treasure. For I think God. he might have. I hope he did. He, you think he might have peaked or found his treasure? Oh, I mean, I don't give a shit about his treasure. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I was frustrated by the shitcoin announcement. Yeah. Uh, it is hilarious that the whole market just like completely imploded itself the next day. Um <laughs> But uh, at least uh, I didn't. Re- I have very low expectations for him. So well, it comes. It comes I appreciated the- that he just like said it straight up. That you know, it's probably a Ponzi, and he has. He he's like, I have no. I'm. We haven't mentioned the name of the token, and I don't plan on it. But he was like, I have no idea what why I'm buying this. It's just I like the name. Yeah. You know, it seems like it has Ponzi economics attached to it, or whatever. He just like straight up said it. So. I mean, this is. Part of the Barcelona model, you got to lean into content when to- topics are hot. Shitcoin's hot, obviously. I mean, I, I literally experienced it myself, uh, having worked there during the last shitcoin run. Um, Caleb, if you're watching this, ask coin. <laughs> I told you to dump it, like literally, at the high. You're still holding on, holding on to that ass. Beware, beware, freaks. Last, I did throw something on two things on the list that I did throw on towards the end. Um, where I mean, again, follow up on last week's rant. Uh, I mentioned the fact that uh, again, it takes a lot of hydrocarbons to make these solar panels and, and wind turbines, specifically, and typically get made in China, where they don't care about uh, emissions at all, and they spin up coal plants literally every other day. I think they they spun up like two hundred and thirty in the last year. Um, a great article came out, um, a Substack. Uh, the Substack um, newsletter by uh, Michael Schellenberger, um, basically explaining that uh, solar has become cheaper because it's being completely subsidized by the People's Republic of China in slave labor, and they're using massive amounts of coal to to get everything um, to the price that they need to be to sell back to the West. So we're decommissioning. Uh, nuclear and uh, natural gas power plants over here to shift them for solar and wind. Uh, we're just shifting jobs to China where they're using a shit ton of coal to make inefficient solar. Um, and you know, Michael also goes into the fact that people have been um, uh, opining for literally almost two decades now that it's going to get much more efficient because they're unable to uh, automate the process of constructing the solar panels. But it turns out that's not possible because of how delicate the materials are. So China is depending on slave labor, literally slaves' hands to, to build these solar panels. So think about that. Um, not going to rant any more on that. We will link that in the show notes. And last but not least, I just wanted to bring up uh, BIP118, SIGHASH underscore any prev out because I think it's cool. And it could enable cool things like L2 and space chains um, that would allow for really uh, cool things for Bitcoin, make it more scalable, 
more robust, more resilient, and more secure uh, at the at the Lightning Network level. Um, and then it would enable other second layer solutions like space chains, which would be a one-way pegged side chain that doesn't have a native token or anything like that, which I think is cool. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit on Dispatch this week. Uh, we had Fiat Jaff on, who is, I think, is it, I mean, I know it's his first uh, English language podcast he's ever been on. So it's quite an honor. Um, but I'm a little bit confused by it. I'm, you know, whatever. It, there's plenty of time to talk about it. I think it's good that that there's open discussion. Pretty sure there's no proposed implementation yet. No code rate. It. It's just a bit. Okay. And it requires Taproot. Um, so I love the enthusiasm and I think people should have open discussion. Uh, and the more discussion over this stuff, the better, the sooner we'll get you know, improvements that we want. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I, there, <laughs> I just want discussion. I want to understand trade-offs. Yeah, but there's, there's some class of 2017ers that I love. Name, that name them. You're getting like our boy, Ben, the Carmen, he's getting a little bit too far ahead of himself. Ooh. Okay, dude, wow. like we need taproot first. We don't have taproot. You know, there's no code written for any prev out. And he's just like, oh, we got it. We're on to the next. Hey, we got we to nail it down. For, you can't be 90% on one thing and then move to the next. You got to, we got to finish it. He's young, hungry and horny, man. He's going to go after it. You can't, <laughs> you can't knock him for that. You got it. We got to finish what we started. You can't, there's no, there's no halvesies in Bitcoin. I agree with that. Diligence, taking your time, weighing the trade-offs, testing the code, reviewing the code, all important. But again, these young devs, Ben Kaufman's, the Ben Carman's, the Ben's of the world, <laughs> Andrew Chow's, Andrew Chow's probably a little bit more conservative, but young, young and horny ready to get after it, get, get stuff into Bitcoin. I remember being that, that age. Do you remember being that age, Matthew? Yo, fucking Segwit broke me. <laughs> just, <laughs> you can tell who was pre and who was post by, by who is just assuming that we have Taproot right now. Right? Yeah. Don't assume it. Don't take anything for granted. Weird, weird things can happen. I mean, we've talked about how F2 pool fucked with it. Segwit particularly. In the future, but that's the other. I mean, we discussed this. There's no futures token for like a taproot coin, so there's but the maybe there should be. Nah, I mean, look, we've, we've heard all about DLCs, and like I haven't built shit, I'm, I'm aware, but like, why can't I bet on whether to, why do I have to do a bet, you know, a verbal bet on 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 Telegram? I mean, on 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 air over this stuff. Why, why isn't there a liquid betting market on when this gets activated? There was a liquid betting market that said, you know, 10,000 Bitcoin thinks Taproot is going to be locked in by two difficulty periods from now. Then that would be like something that I would objectively think shows that it's, it's likely that it will happen, right? And to start like, the controversy here, we, we should be pushing for BIP 300 drive chains. You can make one of those prediction markets on a drive chain. But there's, a, there, there's like some minor trust there or something. Is it, that's yeah. a soft fork too, right? Yes, I believe so. Paul Stork has been making um, a push. Uh, there's some issues with it, though, isn't there? Yeah, the, there like some so there's discussion around the minor, like the minor incentives or the ability for miners to steal the Bitcoin locked up in the drive chain. Um, Paul will argue that the 
the incentives are such that they wouldn't do it. Um, but but like, maybe the incentives get fucked up if you're specifically betting on something that is minor driven, which is taproot signaling. Uh, potentially, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too. Um, we don't even. We just need like a centralized website run by some nim that just has like a yes no how many days it's going to be or whatever. We don't even. You don't have to overthink it. I'm surprised there isn't one. It would be like many DLCs, right? But you don't even need to do DLCs. Like, there's no like, like DLCs would be great trust wise, but if they're not there yet, which is fine, then like, like look at FTX, right? Part FTX added the the election markets. It was just a centralized exchange. Now that kind of sucked because it requires KYC for larger accounts and they were actively IP blocking people from the United States, North Korea, and a couple other authoritarian regimes. But uh, that's the idea, right? If you do it, if you do it as a, as a NIM, maybe as an onion service, you know, you, you calculated risk launch from the Seychelles. Hey, there'd be a lot of money to be made on that. Safe, being able oh, to bet on that kind of thing. Not save one of the best men in the industry, right? Careful. But it was only after they did like trillions of dollars worth of volume that they got hit. <laughs> did they do trillions over time? I mean, what, what was the vo- the volume on Bitmax yesterday was like a hundred billion or something ridiculous. Really? Damn. It's because it's all it's all like der- it's all derivatives, so it's like bullshit, right? Yeah. They Just, do like significantly more than the Bitcoin that exists. Let me pull up the actual the actual amount because while you're pulling that up, I just want to send a message out to Justin Sun. Yo, <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to liquidate you, bro. That's why the price is down here. Keep your head. Okay, on. yeah. So they did seven billion yesterday. Worth seven billion USD worth of volume yesterday. Hundred billion sounded a little high, wasn't it? But that was and that's even after KYC was added, right? Yeah. They're still doing seven billion daily volume. But had more volume. Uh... The, the next, the next biggest one is is Binance's uh, derivative product, and they only did one point two million dollars worth of. Oh, you know what that is? That's seven billion Bitcoin worth of volume. Oh sh- no! Yeah. No. Yeah, according to Crypto Watch. Seven billion. Yeah, because the next biggest one is Binance, which is one point two million. Bitcoin worth of volume. How many people are trading on 100x over Bitmex? That's why it's not you know obviously it, there's not seven yeah. billion Bitcoin to trade. Yeah, it's people levering up. It's degenerates, degenerates. That's people getting margin called. The magnitude there is that's a that's crazy. And then Bisc yesterday traded a half a Bitcoin on the U.S. dollar. Uh, <laughs> what uh, <laughs> what had more volume? Uh, the the double 10k candle day this week or march 12th last year whatever that doomsday i think they were saying it was similar right yeah i'm not sure i didn't i didn't look into that particular data point um i'd be interested to see arena new regime the institutional money sloshing around trying to shake out the the humble sat stackers this is where nah. we the bitcoin game is really simple freaks don't worry about these price swings don't worry about the shitcoin noise worry about the elon musk of the world the game is very simple accumulate as much bitcoin as possible you have to distill to that zone out everything focus in on the prize just accumulate as much as possible this is not investment it is investment advice you know what are we going to kid ourselves here 
literally, yeah, I mean, it's investment advice for something that's not a security. Yeah, it's life advice. Let's say life advice. Freedom in the digital age, freaks. Stay on both stack sets. Peace and love.